0: Got a question? Ask the doc, Professor Rob McLaughlin from AMSA Partners Healthy Mail.
1: Ah yes, you've no doubt heard all the hilarious jokes about it. It takes all night to do what you used to do all night. Uh, Where do you go for holiday if you have erectile dysfunction? Can I suggest Lake Flaccid? Why don't we better understand erectile dysfunction? I mean, it's not hard. Even though they may be vaguely amusing, and if you're a 10 year old boy like me, more than vaguely amusing. Uh, jokes like that can actually make it all the more unnerving if you find out, for whatever reason, that your would would not. Here on The Shed Wireless, we pride ourselves on tackling the uncomfortable issues and hopefully we can retain a sense of humour along the way. Professor Rob McLaughlin AM is with us. He is a director at Healthy Mail, among many other things, including our Shed Wireless doctor in the house. Hello, Rob. Hi, yeah. I know it's not the done thing for doctors with expertise in this regard to make jokes about it, so I'll keep those to myself. And as he often does, Rob likes to bring a friend with special insights. And uh, this episode, he has brought dr gideon bletcher a urologist and andrologist who specializes in male sexual health and reproductive issues including erectile dysfunction hello doctor good morning Aaron. welcome to the shed wireless i I will attempt to be serious for just a moment are jokes like that harmful or are they an entree to a conversation or can they be both
2: Well you know I I think uh, we often make jokes about things we're actually worried about it's a way of relieving anxiety and erectile dysfunction for those guys that have it is is not a joking matter and uh, it's of concern to a lot of men it really is a very common problem. How common is it? Well look it's uh, very common perhaps one man in eight over the age of 50 or one in three over the age of 60 I mean, this is large amounts of the population, and they often worry about this to themselves, think about it, wonder what they can do. And it's a bit awkward sometimes to bring it up, and they look for anonymity, perhaps in some uh, finding out about it. They go to Google and go down some rabbit hole on Google, whereas, in fact, uh, there's a lot of good news that can be gotten and help that can be gotten from their local doctor and from specialists such as Gideon. So. You know, this is it's really a good news story for a common problem.
1: Gideon, the phrase erectile dysfunction gets sprayed about a fair bit. What does it mean? Because I've seen it interpreted as a few different things.
0: Really, at the end of the day, it's, it's an inability to be able to attain or maintain an erection that's of enough strength, sufficient for sexual purposes. And uh, that can obviously be uh, pretty broad for, for each individual man.
1: Without diving too deep, too quick, I'm sure that there are plenty of 25-year-olds that have found themselves unable to dance on command, as it were. What's the difference between that and some sort of chronic erectile dysfunction problem that one needs to start worrying about?
0: Well, I think you've highlighted on the fact that erectile dysfunction can certainly affect younger guys. It's not just a problem of older men. Usually, uh, it's going to be more common for younger guys to have a cause that's related to how they're feeling about their erections and their confidence in their sex lives. So, there's a lot of you know, psychology and anxiety at play uh, often in the younger guy. Uh, but nonetheless, they're still suffering from erection problems. If they can't get it up uh, in a persistent way and it's troubling them and their partner, that's erectile dysfunction. Uh, in the older guy, uh, it's just probably going to be some other causes, but an anxiety or um, psychological component is still amazingly common.
1: Yeah. So Rob, let's look into that then. How much is it the pure anatomy that is the problem as anatomy is a problem in a whole range of areas as we age? How much is uh, the piece of anatomy between the ears in play when it comes to erectile dysfunction?
2: Well, you see, everything has to work together. You have to have the nerves and blood vessel function in the penis to allow it to occur, but your head also has to be in the right place, you know, in the right mood and and situation. So the two things work hand in hand. But for many older men, particularly those with chronic disease, there's a lot of uh, organic or structural problem with the anatomy. And really what you're dealing with within the penis itself is a complicated system of blood vessels and nerves, that allow basically relaxation of blood lakes within the penis to allow it to sort of swell, and then a special mechanism which traps the blood there. It stops the blood coming out through the veins. So basically it's an entrapment situation which arises upon relaxation of blood vessels and normal blood vessel function. Uh, and the, yeah. you know, the, the issue here is that an erection really is, in a way, nature's blood vessel function tests. It's telling you that the blood vessels in the body, the lining of those blood vessels is healthy and functional and able to do what it's supposed to do. And so some people regard it as a sort of canary in the coal mine for your vascular health so that uh, you know, if a man develops erectile dysfunction, it is a, a red flag that there might be issues in other blood vessels in the body, heart, brain, whatever, and it's a, it's a flag that they need to not just think about the erection problem and get that sorted and perhaps some treatments which we'll get on to shortly, but also look at their general health, look at their vascular risk factors. Uh, and so it could have a lot more implication than just the, the sex life that they've come along with. Should something go wrong, if you can't perform on
1: command, that's often when the anxiety and the brain aspect comes in and you can get into a really negative feedback loop. You're you're worried about it because it can't happen and then it can't happen because you're worried about it and then you're worried about it because it can't happen,
2: right? <laughs> And it's one of those things where the harder you try to think it through to make it happen, the less likely it's going to be. It really is something where you need to be not worried, not concerned, not concentrating on it. You're quite right. Some guys who notice their erections are beginning to get weaker or they become concerned that it might be be losing that ability will focus on that during the sex act or in the, in the warm-up to it, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so you need to break that, that cycle of negativity Gideon, if somebody finds
1: themselves in that situation, and as we've just heard, it's pretty much an interaction between the psychological and the physical, Uh, but if somebody is starting to find themselves in that sort of situation, what options are available? I guess the first thing that pops to mind is the legendary blue pill, Viagra, and its various other incarnations. Where, first of all, does it fit in the whole system?
0: I think the first thing to do is to to man up about it and um, and get some help. I mean, you know, we, we don't need to be embarrassed about uh, these sorts of problems anymore. Uh, and uh, I think that's, the, that's really the most important first step. Guys should get out and go and speak to somebody, whether it's their partner, whether it's their GP, whether it's another health professional. I think that's the first major step. And as Rob was alluding to, yes, there are a variety of other medical aspects which do need to be touched on because uh, much like prostate cancer, when men might have some urine symptoms and get really concerned that they might have a cancer, The same kind of thing applies to erection problems. You may have an erection issue, but there might be something else more important or equally important, let's say, going on elsewhere within the body. And then it's a matter of having that discussion usually with your GP or with a specialist who works with men in the erectile dysfunction uh, world to talk about what treatment options there may be. And certainly something like a, a, a tablet may be a very reasonable first step
1: pardon my ignorance on this, is Viagra, or I'll call it that even though it's a brand name, it's what everybody knows it as, is Viagra a prescription or can you just go and get it over the counter?
0: Yeah, it's a prescription in Australia, but that's fairly easy to, to get and it came off patent some years ago as well. So, it's it's not uh, particularly expensive either as now some of the other medications in its class are also coming off patent. So, that used to be one of the big barriers, just the, the expense of the things, but now they're, they're much more affordable.
1: If we follow the recommendation that you say, and bear in mind, listeners, think of what Rob just said. If you're a 60-year-old bloke and there's two other 60-year-old blokes in the waiting room as well, there's a fair chance one of you is experiencing it. So you're not going to shock your doctor by lobbing in and
2: mentioning it, are you, Rob? No, you're not. In fact, look, the local doctors are, are well aware of the situation now. And I think it, uh, it's all, it's pretty really standard protocol. Now, a, a guy comes in with erectile dysfunction, they're going to have that issue addressed, along what you've been talking about with Viagra and the like, but they're gonna have their blood pressure checked, they're gonna have their cholesterol checked, they're gonna have their diabetes checked, they're gonna have their smoking history checked, they're gonna have a, a mental health check you know, relationship issues are gonna crop up. All of those things have to be addressed to give the proper balanced care that the man might need. Remember, now if you do come along with erectile dysfunction and lo and behold, you've got diabetes, well, there's a whole lot of things that's gonna to have to flow from that. And I think it's also important to say to men if these things do crop up at that that, uh, consultation. Now, if you do something about it now, it's not going to get any worse. You're going to be able to put the brakes on this deterioration. You're going to improve your blood vessel health. So not not only will you uh, have treatment now to hopefully restore your sexual happiness, but you'll also embark upon uh, treatments that will prevent it getting any worse. So there has to be some optimism in that. And, Aaron, before I forget, there's one thing I really must say because it really doves into this well. Don't go to the web on this issue because the web is full of real rabbit holes, commercially driven people, importation of unproven drugs from overseas. Uh, there have been some really bad health, health outcomes from people trying to self-medicate and self-manage this this is so easily done through your local doctor. As Gideon says, it's now much cheaper than it ever was before and all the other benefits of a holistic care will come to you. So please don't go down a rabbit hole on the web. That actually speaks to one of the things
1: that I wanted to raise. You use the term sexual happiness. We've also moved to a point on the medical side as well where actually sexual happiness a high functioning relationship whatever that looks like physically really matters as a quality of life issue that is now recognized no one's going to roll their eyes because you want to have a boner
2: no 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 all these things really are so pivotal to our to our emotional state and our review of the world and you you've got to get everything uh, happening Gideon I come
1: to a specialist perhaps somebody like yourself we've been down the Viagra route that's not necessarily achieving what we'd hoped that it would what other potential treatments are available to
0: yeah so look I, I guess the good thing is there's a variety of treatments uh, Aaron it's not just uh, Sildenafil we'll call it Sildenafil because a lot of people get this medication and they think holy moly what is this uh, I thought I was getting Viagra
1: is that the generic name for it is it
0: exactly yeah, yeah. Okay. Sildenafil is Viagra and uh, there's another three uh, medications on the market one of which is Tadalafil which is just carbon off uh, patent so that's equally going to be just as, as cheap really so there's a variety of other medications and some people will respond better to, to one more so than the other so So don't get two down uh, if you're not getting a good response to one. Gideon, just
1: before you go any further, can I ask you what actually happens when you take one of those pills? What's happening
0: to your body? So as Rob was saying before, in, in terms of how does an erection work, the first step is to obviously get some form of arousal. And then what happens is you get chemical changes happening in the penis such that it opens up blood vessels. So the arteries are the little blood vessels that take blood from the heart towards the rest of the body. And what you need initially is an opening up and increase in the inflow of the blood of the penis. And along then subsequently with a, a reduction of the outflow, so if you imagine a bathtub, you're turning on the tap's full pelt, off they go. But then also what you then start to do is you start to block off the drain. And then all of a sudden you're getting a lot more fluid uh, in that bathtub and that's that's what, uh, how you get an erection. Now, Viagra or Sildenafil, any of those other tablets, they simply work by opening up the blood vessels so to increase the, uh, the blood flow within the penis. One of the
2: things I find men will, will say that I took the, the Salus or the Viagra or whatever and uh, waited for the erection to happen, and I said, well, what, what were you doing? Oh, it's just sort of, you know, sitting down, you know, waiting for it to happen. I said, it doesn't work like that. I say, these things things only happen in the right context, in the right mindset. You have to be trying to undertake sexual activity. I sometimes joke, look, you know, if you took a salary a, a, and filled in your, you know, your tax, you will not get an erection. You, know, right? you your head's not in the right place. What about if you're an accountant? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Speak for yourself, Rob. You don't know what I do on
1: a Saturday night.
2: <laughs> You've got other sorts of problems at Another point, The point is that these things work in conjunction with the brain. Uh, that's the point i just wanted to make and they have to be taken the right way so you don't tank up on alcohol before you do it that's not going to make it work any better make it make it like worse i mean there are ways to take it properly the timing it's quite technical to get it right and make sure you get it right before you say it doesn't work
1: can we just elaborate on that and i don't mind who's better to take this but Oh, I'll be transparent, I haven't experienced it. And so uh, the, sort of the cliche or the you know the street corner talk is that you take it and then you could hang a towel off it and you need to find somebody to share that with. How exactly does it work?
0: I think it's important to, to remember what Rob said is that you've got to get in the mood. There is no point taking these tablets and walking down uh, to the supermarket.
1: That, that's what you hear, that, oh, my God, don't do that, or you'll be in this extremely compromised position. But it, it doesn't really work that way.
0: Well, look, I mean, for guys who've got erectile dysfunction, no. I mean, for a younger guy, if they're they're doing something, uh, you know, you hear about these contexts of of stag do's and so on, people trying to use medications in that way. Obviously, there's a a world of problems that can ensue from that. Um, So a guy like that's more likely to get sort of a bit more of a spontaneous erection. But for men who've actually got erectile dysfunction, uh, if you take these medications, you need to get in the mood. And there's also really important administration instructions that, you know, Rob and myself and and a good GP would go through because if you just take it with your dinner, that may affect how the medication works. Timing is important as well.
1: What happens if I don't respond to these medications? What's the next step, Gideon?
0: Well, I I guess in in the medical literature, it usually looks quite stepwise, like you do step one, then step two, then if that fails, step three and then four. But the reality is, is that you kind of need to think about a variety of treatment options all up front. And that starts at what we were talking about before by lifestyle changes, weight loss and so on. When men lose weight, that can actually improve their erectile function, believe it or not. And it can also improve their sensitivity to these medications that we've just been discussing. So looking at those aspects is one is one sort of uh, facet. Uh, but things like uh, a penile ring. Uh, a penile ring is simply a, um, a rubber or silicon type constriction band which is placed on the base of the penis. And that can hold blood in the penis. And that can be used in conjunction with tablets. Uh, A vacuum erectile device, uh, many men may have seen these uh, somewhere on the web or something like that. Uh, And they're a very simple device which is used uh, to basically um, create a vacuum and blood then uh, heads down into the penis, and that can be used as well in conjunction with a, a penile ring. So that's a that's a mechanical form of assistance. And again, that's for some couples and not for others. It might be great for a couple who uh, have had a long-standing sexual history and are very trusting, and maybe have had uh, some time playing with sex toys in the past. But it might not be so great for a single bloke who's out there. Uh, trying to land himself a a, a partner for the first time and meets them in the bedroom with this device. So, different strokes for different folks. Uh, There are other alternatives like uh, injections and although it sounds awful and I get a lot of guys who come and see me in the rooms and I mention that word and they sort of say, Gideon, you serious? An injection into your penis and the reality is they're really small needles and they work really, really well and some guys absolutely love them and have been on them for many, many years and they're a really good way of getting a a quite um, strong erection, Uh, particularly if you uh, fail or don't uh, agree with the medications or vacuum devices that I've um, just mentioned before.
1: And are they cause and effect? For example, do I get that on a Friday if I want to go out Friday night or are they something that I get and it improves function for three months as it were?
0: Yeah, I, I wish that was the case. Um, right. With the injections it's a, when you want it, you use it. Much like the uh, the pill, uh, you have to use it on the day that you want it. Okay. So it's a, it's a one-off. Um, and then finally, I guess You know, when when all of those things don't really work, uh, the option of surgery comes into play. And uh, penile implants are a really good option for men who aren't responding for all those other treatments. Uh, they, Although they're not a natural erection, uh, men have really good reported uh, satisfaction rates from these devices. Uh, and it takes away that anxiety that we were mentioning earlier on. A lot of guys don't like the fact that when they're using injections or tablets or a pump or whatever, that there's always this concern. Am I going to get it up? Is it going to be enough? Am I going to please my partner am i going to have a good time myself so a lot of those things need to be addressed so along with using a penile implant or a pump or whatever even if guys don't necessarily have an anxiety component as their main cause for erectile dysfunction part of the management will often involve a sexologist or a psychosexual counselor and these are psychologists who train in sexual interactions and relationships and are really vital and helpful Uh, To help guys um, be guided through this process of trying to, you know, optimize their sexual health. And that brings me back to that initial point that Rob was saying, don't go on the web. Why don't I advise guys to just get help on the web with sort of fairly faceless uh, interactions with uh, certain medical businesses which just prescribe drugs? Well, I don't think that's healthy because all of a sudden you've excluded that initial let's talk about the smoking, let's talk about exercise, let's talk about all those other aspects of your, of your health. That's gone. You don't get the opportunity to have those things addressed and discussed. You don't get the opportunity to discuss your concerns about your self-esteem and your relationship. You don't get the opportunity to maybe have a referral to a, psych- a psychosexual counselor for those issues, which is really, really helpful in conjunction with the other treatments that we have discussed.
1: Fascinating. And, Rob, as we've discussed when it comes to some of the prostate problems in previous episodes, there are ways to find sexual fulfilment beyond pure penile penetration as well, aren't there? Assuming everything else fails, then maybe creativity is going to get you home.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. very much like that. In fact, you know, the, the people who have had the prostate surgery who really have got a, a lot of damage to the, the nerves that are involved in this process, they're going to struggle Uh, with with these uh, more basic treatments that Gideon's been talking about. And the alternatives to a happy sex life might not necessarily be through a a penile erection. That's just a reality for some guys. But look, for the majority of the the men, these 60-year-olds we've been talking about, I think the important thing to remember is that ED is very common. There's a good news uh, story that most of the treatments work for most of the men quite readily. There's no drama around these discussions. The GP is well-versed in this. Uh, so it shouldn't be a barrier to asking for help, and you may also pick up conditions which would really otherwise have gone unnoticed and, and untreated, and they could really lead to a longer and better life. So I, I really think most of this ED story is, is a good news story.
0: Can I just chime in there, Rob? You know, I, I think that that point's really uh, quite crucial about you know how do you how do you engage with the GP? You know, I mean, a lot of guys will come and see me and by the time they've seen me, they've had this problem for, you know, two or three years. And I just open the conversation. I say, look, how are you feeling about the erections? It looks like you've been uh, struggling with them for a little bit of time before you've come and uh, seen someone. And this emotional outburst, all of a sudden a tear like, oh my goodness, you know, this Mm. stuff has been pent Mm. up for Mm. years and it's a big deal. It's a quality of life issue. That's three really crappy
1: years having this on your mind, right?
2: yeah absolutely the gp education programs now are well aware of the such strong association so the the good ones will actually bring it up and as part of a general review they might say look brian i've been seeing you about you know 10 years now with the diabetes a lot of guys in your circumstance begin to have troubles in this area is that a problem for you yes they say and away they go so facilitating the question from the from the local doctor's point of view, is also very important. You can almost guarantee that you know a guy that's had diabetes for ten or fifteen or twenty years is going to have some form of erectile dysfunction, and if he, if you don't know about it, you just haven't asked him about it, and he or hasn't asked you about it. So somebody has to somebody has to break the water there
0: and and what would you suggest rob to a patient if uh, say if they're not you know comfortable or confident that their gp will be able to raise that topic independently what would you suggest to a patient
2: well i think they'd find, they'd find someone else to talk to uh, someone else in the practice so uh, it could be that that some some local doctors don't want to talk about this they feel uncomfortable there might be uh, you know a relationship issue perhaps personally between the two, like they're they're good friends and they don't want to ask. It's almost too personal to ask a friend about. They may want to get somebody who's a bit more distant to ask the question from. Look, the answer to any problem is if you don't get the answer the first time, get it from the second or the third person. Keep asking.
1: Gentlemen, I know this is both your life and expertise. It isn't for the rest of us comfortable subject matter, but it's so valuable to be able to have a discussion like this in a trusted forum with two of the absolute best. Thank you both for your time and your considered responses and as I say I'm just thinking of that imaginary person that Gideon just said that has been either suppressing this or walking around the shops or sitting watching the footy fretting about this for months or years don't do it guys just go and rip the band-aid go and ask that one hard question and as The gentleman both just said it's like a piñata. Everything will spill out after that and you'll be on your way to a better life and worrying about things that really should matter. Thank you very much, Dr. Gideon Bletcher, urologist, andrologist, uh, specialist in male sexual health and reproductive issues, including erectile dysfunction. We know how busy you are and we deeply appreciate your time today.
0: You're absolutely welcome, Aaron.
1: And Professor Rob McLaughlin, as always, thank you so much. You anchor these conversations. We've grown to trust you over these episodes very deeply, and thank you for introducing us to quality people with the very best information in this regard. Thanks kindly. It's a great pleasure.
0: For a great range of resources and tools to help you live well, head to the Spanner in the Works website. You can just search it up or go to malehealth.org.au. Everything you hear on the Shed Wireless is created to inform and is not intended to be a substitute for personal advice from your doctor.